Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Broken to Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Tressa, and this month we are talking about a very sensitive topic. So I'm talking about the topic of grief, and this comes from a blog that I wrote a couple years ago called The Good Father. And I'm going to share some things with you, and I have a very special guest with me. I have Mr. Cedric Ritchie. Hello, everyone. And we are going to be talking to you guys about the different types of grief. A lot of times when people hear grief, they think of who died. Um, But it doesn't always have to be that. And I did some research and everything, so I'm going to give you guys some really good things to lean on. Um, As you journey through this, and you may find some things that you need in this podcast, areas that you may be grieving and you didn't really realize it. And the best way to get your healing is to figure it out. My counselor told me before, if you can put a name to something, then you can overcome it. And so that is what we want you guys to do as you listen to this. So I'm going to give Cedric, an opportunity to tell you guys about himself, and then we're going to jump into it. Well, good evening. Good evening. Um, So I'm a uh, 16-year veteran in education. So this is my 16 years. God, I can't believe I've been doing (laughs) it. But but, uh, I'm I'm originally from Lynchburg, Virginia, small country town boy. Um, I grew up there, and uh, and, I'm Moved down to South Carolina, um, went to Benedict College. Shout out to my HBCUs. All right. Um, graduated from there and kind of went into uh, playing football and left that alone. And now we're um, working with the kids and trying to make a difference. So um, those are my passions. That's that's what I love doing. Um, it's been a it's been a, a joy. Uh, I, I don't feel like I've been to work. Um, <laughs> for 16 years. Well, I'm going to say 15 because COVID year would definitely work. (laughs) But but absolutely, um, I love what I do. I love working with kids. I love working with people and um, kind of using my voice as an educator, um, as a motivator, uh, as a trainer. Um, I I, I do a lot of different things in a lot of different ways to not only uh, help children, but also reach people. And try to get the best benefit from from them. Good, that is wonderful. So, everybody who knows me knows that I love definitions. So, I have a definition for grief, and it is keen mental suffering or distress over affliction or loss, sharp sorrow or painful regret, the major loss of someone or something. So I know that you all are familiar with the fact that there are different stages of grief and there are also different types of grief. So I'm going to go over those really quick. So there are five stages of grief and that is the stage of denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And at any time that we find ourselves in a place of grief, we should definitely allow ourselves to feel those things and to go through those different stages. What I learned as I was researching that there are seven types of grief. So there's normal grief, and that is the grief where you may experience intense physical emotion or behavioral reaction for a limited time. And the person of appears to be grieving in a healthy way. Then there is anticipatory grief. That is the type of grief that you have for a loss that you know is coming, such as someone has been diagnosed with a terminal illness or a friend announces that they're moving. And it starts as soon as you accept that the grief will occur. Then there is disenfranchised grief. And that is grief that happens after a loss that others don't necessarily see as valid. And that means that it's a person where people will say, well, you guys weren't in that close or you didn't like that person. Um, So that is the disenfranchised grief. Then there's chronic grief. And that is the type of grief 
where a person experiences intense reactions that don't get better over time and may may feel like they need to do something extraordinary or act out in order to kind of ease the pain. Abbreviated grief is where the grief passes quickly. The person could be using a distraction. It could be a widow situation and they're remarrying really soon. Um, so it could be something that they're kind of, you know, hurrying along. Traumatic grief is when you lose someone or something in a horrible and unexpected way. Absent grief is where it looks like someone is not grieving, but they could be grieving in the background. It's where you use other things to kind of distract you as well from actually being present in the moment. And so those are the different types of grief. And I'm sure that we all have experienced those in different stages. Um, but we're going to be talking about different types of grief, not just the loss of a person. You can grieve a dream. You can grieve because you're experiencing infertility. You can grieve because of a divorce. You can grieve because you're moving from one home to another home and you had so many memories in the home that you left. Um, you may grieve a friend that's moving or getting married because that dynamic is getting changed. Mm -hmm. Going from being single to married, there's a, a form of grief there because there's a, a loss of independence there. So there are different things that I want you to understand and hopefully you'll be able to put language to it. So Cedric, what type of grief do you think is the most overlooked? Um... I think as far as the, the, the seven that you named. Or any type of grief that you. I think the most um, overlooked grief is uh, anticipatory grief. Mm -hmm. I think that is something that we oftentimes sit in. And I think people, people call that doubt. Mm. You know, um, when you are anticipating something to happen that may not happen, that can be mistaken or be confused with doubt. Um, for instance, you know, you are preparing for a job and you're anticipating that you may not get the job, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's doubt, but that could be, uh, with the definition that you gave, that could be anticipatory grief because mm -hmm. you're already, uh, working in a space where if I don't get this job, this is how I'm going to feel, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I think that's, that's, that's overlooked. Um, I think it's the most useful form of grief, but I definitely think that it's uh, one of the most overlooked. Yeah. I remember when we talked about this previously and we, we kind of hit on those different types <coughs> and I mentioned that I am a bracer. And there was something that you said, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, and you basically told me that bracing is not preparation. Correct. So can you kind of tell them about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I think what we were talking about, we were talking about, you know, situations and how you can brace for a pain. And, mm -hmm. and, that. Um, and also when you talk about you use something like a fall. Mm -hmm. um, or getting hit. Mm -hmm. I can brace myself to take the lick, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that I'm prepared for the lick that's coming. Right. Right. And I think that to go in the form, in a state of preparation, we have to arm ourselves and we have to work out whatever it is that we need to work out so that we're able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Because you brace yourself to take the blow, you may take the blow, but you may not make it through the blow. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, so a lot of times bracing yourself does not come with, uh, it does not come with the tools needed to actually get through it. I don't know if any, I don't know if you, uh, it's a new like little thing going on right now. Um, I think it's called like slap, slap king or slap box or something like that. Mm -hmm. So if you've seen any type of TikTok, I know we were talking about TikToks mm -hmm. earlier. <laughs> so if you've seen these things, like it's where these people, they stand across from each other mm -hmm. 
and they got powder all on their hands and all on their face. Oh, and yes. they're sitting there, <laughs> and they're sitting there, and they take turns, open hands slapping each other in the face, mm-hmm. right? To see who can get knocked out or who can who can uh, 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 quit or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they count them off, one, two, three, and mm-hmm. then smack, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen these people brace for the lick, <laughs> and they're sitting there with their mouthpieces in, and they're really just tensed up and they're holding on to stuff mm-hmm. and sometimes it works mm-hmm. and then i've seen a lot where they get smacked into another dimension <laughs> they they are <laughs> you know they are literally on the ancestral planes communing with the elders <laughs> after that smack and they were bracing for it but they weren't prepared for what was coming mm-hmm. because they may have hit harder than they than they anticipated um so that's a perfect example of kind of bracing, not being the same as preparation. That's good. That's good because that is there is a difference. Um, <laughs> there is a difference. Um, and bracing can definitely be a form of doubt. It's, it's anticipatory because it's like, I'm just going to, Sometimes it can just keep you from doing things. Absolutely. Um, because you're, you've you already made the decision in your mind that it's not going to work out. Correct. But have you have you even asked the person or have you even tried to reach out or tried to do the things? And so mm-hmm. um, that is definitely a place that kept me stuck for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something that you said and... It was visit your place of pain often. So when it is present, it is not foreign to you. And that um, was something that I had to do recently. I had to sit with something that was a painful thought. Um, I know the thought didn't come from from anywhere. I, I just kind of had to figure out, God, is this you or is this from the enemy? Um, <laughs> but at any rate, it, it was a very real and valid thought. And I, it was something that I had to sit with. So can you kind of elaborate on that statement or give an example of what you mean when you say that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that, that kind of goes into the anticipatory grief mm-hmm. uh, part. Um, I think that when I, when I made that statement, you know, I, everybody's much as much to them, you know, what what you can deal with, I may not be able to deal with, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, but I think that it is healthy to every now and again visit that thing that you feel like would hurt you the most. Visit that thought that you feel like would hurt you the most. Um, for me, um, you know, one instance was my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost my grandmother two years ago. She was a very intricate part in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, raised me like another mother. Um, and I knew, you know, nobody was walking around the earth at 120, 130. You know, mm-hmm. that, 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 that day, that day had, had, had passed. Right. Um, and so she was going through the stages of getting old. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched her get older and and everything like that and and I oftentimes thought about what life would be like without her you know I would be riding in my truck or riding you know and I would think about what would life be like without her if she wasn't here mm-hmm. if I couldn't get the the happy birthday uh calls with the song in the morning <laughs> you know what was that what was that going to be like when she died what would happen what would be my responsibilities um I knew that I would be asked to speak at the funeral. Could I speak? Mm-hmm. What would I have to say? Um, and when I visited those places, I couldn't visit those places without feeling the very real feeling that she was not there. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, you know, you go through a lot of tears. You go through a lot of you go through the emotion of what that is. It still can't it still can't make you understand what it's like when it happens, mm-hmm. but it helped me so much because I knew she was getting older. Mm-hmm. I knew her health was, was, was changing, mm-hmm. you know, 
and I knew there was going to be some some things that I had to deal with. I still had to deal with it, but I was prepared mm-hmm. to deal with it because I had went through the stages. I had spoke through the tears. Mm. You know what I mean? I had I had talked through the pain and then I would be able to see her. And, and, and so doing those things kind of helped me prepare myself, mm-hmm. not brace myself for <laughs> for her, for her, you know, departure. Um and 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 I do that with as many things yeah. as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be a job, oh, you know, I really want this job, mm-hmm. you know, and then I, I prepare for the no. Or when you're told no, what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and and doing those things, I think, are, is is healthy because it allows you an opportunity and a safe space, mm-hmm. right? Because in that preparation, it hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. so it's still a safe space for you to be able to come out of it and deal with something else, and so. It helped me because I could I could prepare in a safe space. So when I was faced with the real stuff, and I didn't have the safe space, it wasn't foreign to me, and it helped me process. That is good. That is good. Um, we often have things that we can't really brace for right. or prepare for. Um, many of the people who listen to me know that. I lost my brother in 2016. My brother was 20 years old when he passed away. He was a junior in college. Um, He was growing so much and he, you know, wasn't sick per se. It was just something kind of weird that happened. And now all of a sudden, my family and I are faced with the reality that my brother is no longer here. And we had no time to brace we had no time to prepare. Um, it was there. Yeah. And I was disappointed. Um, sometimes we can lean um, on on the, the faith that we know so hard that we forget to, that we have a humanistic side right. that needs to grieve, that needs to feel your feelings, that needs to have the tantrum, that needs to, you know, have the conniption fit. Um, I remember after he passed away, I think that God was working with my heart um, to help me to begin that healing process right after. Um, I do sing, I can sing, I don't like singing in front of people, especially then. But after my brother passed away, I remember my me and my great aunt were in the room. He had already expired. And I remember just laying on his chest and singing a song in the hospital. And it was basically saying, in moments like these, I sing out a love song to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that song is a song I knew from years ago. And it had to come up in my spirit because God was doing something in my heart that I couldn't necessarily see tangibly. And I couldn't feel it because at that point, I think I was still in the denial. Right. Um, because for a few minutes, I'm like, no, no, this isn't happening. That's that's not what happened. Um, so, of course, I had to get to that space of it has happened. It does hurt. Um, but God was doing something internally in me. And even afterwards, when I went back in the room with the rest of my family, I remember my cousin's sister-in-law was there and I hugged her. And all I remember doing was praying. And I mean, like long, (laughs) a long prayer. Um, Don't know what I said. Don't remember any of that. But I know that it was God working with me in my heart so that it wouldn't get so hard. And I remember um, the day after the funeral, one of my friends called and um, we had literally just come back from cleaning um, and getting all the things out of his dorm room. And she asked me, was I angry? And I told her that I wasn't angry, but I was disappointed. 
and that I hadn't really had a chance to be by myself. They would not let me be by myself. If I needed to come to my house, they would always make someone go with me. So I hadn't had a chance to really grieve on my own. And so it's important to also understand and be emotionally intelligent enough to know where you are and what your feelings are. So I can clearly tell that I wasn't angry because more than likely it was because God had already started working in my heart to help me with that healing process. Um, but I was definitely disappointed. And that is a valid emotion. It is, it is. It is a valid emotion. No matter how much you love God, no matter how great he is, we are humans and we were born with emotions. And so feel it. No one says to stay there. But we definitely do need to feel those emotions so that we can come out on the other side. Um, That's true. So can you share a grief experience and how you were able to walk towards getting into a healthy space? Um, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I remember when my son and I have a 14 year old son um, who is uh, who's disabled and uh, you know he has a um, very rare genetic condition um, that we didn't know about and his mother didn't know about um, but I remember when my son was six months old um, not having a true understanding of whatever was going on because we didn't know anything. And I remember sitting in the hospital thinking that we were there because he was, you know, having a cold or something like that because it was in December. And I remember this nurse coming into the room while I was holding my son. Um, his mom was there and uh, one of her friends were there. And um, she said that he would not live to be a year. Now, we were coming in there thinking, this is a simple cold, this mm -hmm. is something. That was the last thing that right. I was going to hear, right? Mm -hmm. and, she, and so she didn't have a diagnosis. She didn't have anything, but she just like, you know, typically children like just don't make it to be a, a year old. Mm -hmm. I did not want to break down in front of them. And, mm -hmm. and I wrote about this in, in the book um, that I wrote. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk my, about it. My <laughs> but um, I did not want to break down at that moment. So I had to hand him over. And I, and I kind of went outside, um, you know, down, down the hallway a little bit and just basically collapsed. Mm -hmm. um, I just couldn't believe it, you know. And in that time, I, my son obviously isn't isn't dead. He wasn't dead then, so I wasn't pat I wasn't grieving uh, his 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 death. Mm -hmm. I think I was grieving at that moment. First of all, I was just hurt. Let's yeah, just start there. Exactly. I was just, I was just hurt. Right. And then I was grieving everything that that I had thought about. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was grieving everything that I, that I wanted as a father for my son. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and like everything, all the thoughts and all the things that you wanted to do kind of hit me at one moment. And I was and I was going through the process of grieving that on that cold hospital floor. Mm -hmm. Um but I got up because I remembered that I, I remembered what I said. And, and I know sometimes this can be difficult to do, but I remember what I said to God when he was a couple weeks old, um, that I think he was, he was jaundice. So mm -hmm. he was jaundice. And I didn't even know what jaundice meant. <laughs> I didn't know. I just seen him telling him he needed to be on a billy blanket and all that. Yeah. And I was like, Lord, if you get him out of this, you know, you got to, and I, my hands are, you know, I just support whatever it is that I have to walk through. So I got up off that floor because I couldn't have made that promise to God and still wear it. Mm. I, I, I couldn't, <laughs> you, you, you can't, you, you're going to have faith that you're going to worry, but you can't do both. Yeah. And I had to get up off the floor. Um, I was hurt, but I had to get up off the floor. Um, 
And so it was healthy for me to go through what I felt, but then I had to start thinking about what I need to do to do next. Mm -hmm. How could I support him? Mm -hmm. How could I support his mom? How could I, how could I, what, what did they need me to be? Mm -hmm. You know, what did I need to be to make sure that he experienced the best of whatever I could give him mm -hmm. and whatever time I had for him. And that's similar to, as you were talking, I was thinking about when David lost his son and how, you know, he fasted and he prayed and he mm -hmm. did everything and God took the child. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, God told him to get up and wash your face mm -hmm. and, and, and move on. And that doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that he wasn't hurt. Right. It did, it did not mean that God was not faithful. It did not mean that he got he he got over it. But but when you have the grace, and it is a grace, I do believe, mm -hmm. to get over something, you need to get over it. You don't stay hurt longer than you need to. Right. You don't stay in a place longer than you need to. And sometimes I think we just I think we carry it longer than we need to because we think that by not carrying it, it somehow displays that we don't, that we don't care mm. or that they were not important or that the situation was not important. And I don't think it's that at all. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's um, having a, having a moment to say, and if you watch Wakanda forever, like there's a season, mm -hmm. um, there's a season and there was a, a, a great tribute in that movie when they were talking about at the end of a year, they burned the garments. Mm -hmm. that they went to the funeral with and that showed the ending the ending of the mourning period mm -hmm. um and so there are all type of rituals and, and, and things across the world mm -hmm. that happen to that you mourn for a certain amount of days you do these you do these things mm -hmm. we have to be comfortable mm -hmm. with saying i miss this person mm -hmm. but then what do they want from me or oh, i miss this situation mm -hmm. right but now what do i need to do you mm -hmm. lost the job. You didn't get the job. Mm -hmm. uh, you had the divorce. Mm -hmm. The man left you. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the woman, she walked out on you. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. how long do you need to sit in that? Mm -hmm. You know, how long do you need to sit in that? How long is a healthy time to sit in that? Um, it, it's okay to take gems from it. Mm -hmm. It's okay to visit it. Mm -hmm. But it's against you and it's against your faith actually to sit in the space that God is trying to deliver you from. And um, you have to be strong in that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's not easy. If, if, and, if it, and if it comes with going to therapy, go to therapy. Listen, I'm a uh, big advocate for therapy. Yeah, if it comes with going to therapy, <laughs> go to therapy. Do what it is you need to do, yeah. but do it. Yeah. <laughs> when you were talking about um, feeling guilty for releasing it. I work in human resources right. and the part that I've been in for a while has been benefits. And of course, people can call you at the happiest moments of their lives. Hey, I just had a baby. Mm -hmm. So my day could go from, Hey, I just had a baby to, I lost my husband. Right. I was diagnosed with cancer, different things like that. So so much was going on at a certain point at one of my jobs and I tended to hold on to those things. Mm -hmm. Even though they were people that I had never met, that I did not know, I held on to those things. And I had to put language to it that I was grieving because there was so much that was going on between that and with people that I did know right. that I was grieving for them and I couldn't do anything about it. All I can do was intercede for them. That was all that I could do. But I felt like me needing to release it and, and it affected my mood. It affected my, you know, my demeanor. And if, if I didn't release it, then it kind of felt like, well, it, it's not my problem. But there's nothing that I can do about it anyway. So that was very, very good um, when you said that just because you release it, that doesn't mean that you don't care or you're not empathetic or sympathetic about what happened.
Yeah, so, um, you know, desire is the greatest enemy of discernment. Um, because sometimes you can want something so bad and you can want something to happen so bad and everything in you and all the evidence that is being shown to you is telling you that it's not going to happen. And we can allow our our desires to overshadow the discernment that God has given us for a situation or situations. Mm-hmm. And then we have a tendency to want to blame God for it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we have a tendency at that time to want to blame God for it. And it's like, those are your desires. Like, you know what I mean? We, you know, the answers are there for you, but your mm-hmm. desires say something different. So just listen to what you were just talking about. It just, that just came into my mind. Like, you know, when we go through those things, is that, is that us or is that really God? Like, and, and what are we asking for? What are we, what are we looking to receive from those things? Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can, I can think of several times. I really wanted the job. Mm-hmm. I set things up to get the job. Mm-hmm. I, I positioned myself appropriately to be able to receive. I did everything I thought I could do mm-hmm. and still didn't get it. And I was mad <laughs> when I didn't get it. I was mad. I was hurt when I didn't get them. Right. You know, because I was like, that was supposed to be for me. Like, I, like why would you bring me to this place mm. that you know is what I desired? Right. Dangling in front of my face. And then I still don't get it. Listen. And the crazy part is, in the midst of that, I moved into another space and was given everything that I wanted in a different space. But that's not what I envisioned. Mm. But it was exactly the same thing that I wanted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when you look at the the dynamics, had I, it's, it's like the... It's like the uh, the African proverb about eating your uh, eating your supper in the morning. Mm-hmm. Supper is good at supper times. If you eat it in the morning, you're gonna be too lazy to get through the day appropriately. So if you get something that would be good for you later, if you get it too early, sometimes it's not good for you. That's good. And 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 I wanted it early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My digestive system, my my intellectual digestive system couldn't receive it at that time. And so had I gotten what I desired, I'd have been eating dinner in the morning and I wouldn't have been ready for what I was gonna walk into. So by me staying hungry for a little while and being humbled by the experience, it prepared me for what I was gonna walk into later, which allowed me to flourish where I I needed to be. Listen. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that and sit in that one for a minute. Um, that was that was really, really good. Um, okay, back on task. So <laughs> um, there was a scripture that I used in this particular blog, and it was Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. So I'm going to read that. Um It says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to heal, a time to tear up and a time to build up, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. Mm -hmm. So that pretty much tells us (laughs) that God has a time for everything. He Mm -hmm. is very strategic, Mm -hmm. but we sometimes don't want to relinquish our control. And there are some things that have to be given up no matter how tightly 
we hold on. Absolutely. So how do you feel about that particular scripture? Um, I think it is, I mean, everything that you said, like, this, mm-hmm. it's, it's us. Like, it is, it is, you know, God's unique timing mm-hmm. for everything. I think, you know, when you look at the world and the way that the universe and the world is created, the seasons interact with life cycles on the ground. Like, everything is timed up and, and put so perfectly in place for the balance mm-hmm. to continue. Um you, you only plant things at a certain time of the year mm-hmm. because if you could plant it all year long, you would take so much from the soil that it wouldn't be able to rejuvenate itself. So you have to let the soil rest. And that's the old country boy talking because <laughs> I like, I like, I like, I like, you know, farming and planting stuff. Uh-huh. But, you know, you, you have to go through those cycles. Mm-hmm. That's that's where life is. And you have to go through those things. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so I believe that with everything that there, mm-hmm. there is a time, I think, the part where we get in trouble mm-hmm. is we get in trouble when we attempt to bypass the time. See, we're not a we're not a people right now that we're microwave babies. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm not. No, I, let me let me state that. I love <laughs> I love process. I, I don't like it a whole bunch of microwave food. <laughs> but I, but our society, yeah, by large part, mm-hmm. is microwave babies. We want mm-hmm. results. Mm-hmm. And we have, we we are a part of a society now where um, it looks as if our people are more intelligent than what they were, and while we have gained knowledge, we ain't gained good sense. And so, you know, what I what I take from that is, a lot of times intellectually, we think we got the skills to fix it. Mm-hmm. And so, all of those things that you were saying, it's a time, it's a time, it's a time. Mm-hmm. We can we can bypass that with our intellectual ability, with our with our our, our knowledge that mm-hmm. we can bypass some of those things, and we want to get to the result. Mm-hmm. You know, I want this happy home, I want this great marriage, and I, but there's a time that that comes to. You know, if you mm-hmm. listen to anybody, that there's a time, there's a process that you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the greatest wine sits for a while. You know, so there's a process and we mm-hmm. want to bypass the process and then bypassing the process, we typically bypass the pain because we want, that's why BBLs are so, are so popular. <laughs> Everybody running down to Miami to get these surgeries, <laughs> you know what I mean? When, 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 do the when, when dying and, 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 uh, and, and, squat. and squats and all that stuff to get you, to get you where you need to be. Weeks and it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? But we want the instant look mm-hmm. without having a process. And mm-hmm. so. I think that there's there's going back. There's a definite time. Yeah. There's a definite time for for everything. We just have to be responsible with the time that we've been given, and just know that our time's coming. Yes. Yeah. And um, God wastes nothing. No. He wastes nothing. So even in our grief, like you said, we can learn things from that. We can be different people after grief but it's up to us to choose what kind of different that we want to be absolutely um because we can be different in a good way or we can be different in a bad way and that is up to us um to figure out because disappointment is inevitable it is it is inevitable we will be disappointed um the bible says the bible says in psalms 34 and 19 many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers him out of them all That means it is inevitable. Um, We sometimes may feel like we're praying about a situation, praying for healing or, you know, praying to come out of something, praying to move into something. And like, it's just not working. Um, I experienced with a situation with my brother where like a couple of weeks before there was this man, I was at a women's, um, event at my old church and the man was sitting up there and I happened to see him just slump down. He literally died. And, but by the time, you know, the women, I took all the children outside by the, and called the ambulance. By the time, you know, the ambulance got there, the man was literally able to walk to get on the, the stretcher. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
God, you let me see that tangibly. That man was 70 plus years old, had children that were grown, grandchildren, probably great grandchildren. Mm -hmm. You allowed me to see that. But when it comes to me praying those prayers for my brother, it didn't work. Yeah. And that hurt. Yeah. And that was something that I had to deal with because that was very, very disappointing. Because I'm like, well, did I have did I not have enough power? Like, I'm not one of the people that just pray when something goes wrong. Like, I have an actual prayer life with you. Like, what is, you know, what is going on? But there were so many things that I learned from my brother's life. Mm-hmm. And so many things, in so many ways that even though he's not here, it's pushed me into my purpose. I probably wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for that. Okay. Um, for working through the pain of that and getting over, you know, those things, I probably wouldn't be doing this. Um, so in a lot of ways, he died, but there were parts in me that were able to be reignited Mm -hmm. as a result of that because I ran to God instead of running from him Mm -hmm. in that moment. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. Um, What transformations have you seen just in your family since Mm -hmm. your brother left? Greater appreciation for each other. Mm -hmm. Um able to share emotions a little bit better mm-hmm. and to to say I love you more. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a, in my immediate family, it's a, a stick together mentality that, you know, that we have and, and remembering him, um, the great things about him and the great moments that we had um, and seeing them in different areas of, of our life and in each other. And so his purpose was definitely fulfilled. His friends still miss him, you know, still reaching out because they still think about him and stuff like that. So I know that his life had an impact on them as well, you know, because they all came and and spoke and everything. So his purpose, whether we we want to understand it or not, was fulfilled. And that's what, I, and that's why I was leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his his life can't be uh, shaved down mm-hmm. to the moments of his death. Mm-hmm. If it caused you to walk into a purpose, if it caused your family to re- to, to interact, mm-hmm. if it caused his friends to reflect differently. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that's what he was here for, right? And you know. I'm glad that you're able to articulate that mm-hmm. you know, because that comes with that comes with the healing, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and 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 it is tough, you know, when you want things to change and you you know, and when God says, you know, I'm not gonna not I'm that not, way. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna move it this right. way. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's tough. Mm-hmm. That is really tough. It is. So. Do you have any words of encouragement for the listeners that may be dealing with the different types of grief? Yeah, I, I do. Um, number one, just know that it's okay, especially if you're a man or anybody else. Just know that it's okay. You know, we have a tendency sometimes to try to tough things out and mm-hmm. and, and 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 be more technical and literal with things, but it's okay to you know feel the feelings. Um, it's okay to be hurt. Just don't be hurt longer than you need to be, um, and have a an opportunity to be able to work through those things. Please take advantage of those. Um, so I, I would I would not to be over spiritual or over um, biblical with anybody because a lot of times when people are feeling that they don't feel it. Mm-mm. They don't. <laughs> you know, they don't want to hear that. So. I would tell anybody now to find you something that you can get into that you can put yourself into. Um, and it's not to bypass the pain that you're in, mm-hmm. but it's a healthy way to work it out and to help others or to be involved with something. Mm-hmm. Um, get therapy if you need therapy. Mm-hmm. Take time if you need time. But 
Also, remember to keep your hand in the man's hand on the person's hands that, that was able to bring you through mm -hmm. what you are. Because if you're still listening to this, or if you're still breathing, somebody would trade your seat, I promise you, mm -hmm. in a moment. Mm -hmm. Some people mentally never came back from it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're able to articulate, then you're still here and you're able to get through it. So just um, continue to, to do the work necessary um, and, and stay as strong as you possibly can. But, but always remember that things are the way they are because they are allowed to be. And things will be what they are going to be because they were ordained to be that way. And so you just have to be brave enough to step into those purposes. That was good. I do agree. Um, everyone knows that I'm a big advocate for therapy and counseling mm -hmm. um, to work through things. Because there are some things that we, we have blind spots. We cannot see those things. And the reasons why we're holding on could be because of something else, some right. other thing that is rooted inside of us. And so that is very important. Um, community is important. Surround right. yourself with people right. um, that love you and that want to encourage you to come out of those areas. Right. Um, there was a situation where a person was no longer in my life. And even though I still had other great people around me, I had to sit down one day and say, look, I still need to grieve this because I thought this was great. Right. And so I still need to grieve it. I can't gloss over it just because I got other people in my life, but I still need to grieve the fact that this didn't work the way that I thought it was going to work. Right. And so grieve those dreams that you had and they did not work. Go back to God and ask, ask him, did what I have align with what you have for me? Mm -hmm. You may find that what he has for you may be even greater. Right. You may find that you just need to be a little bit more patient. You may find that there are some areas that you need some growth or development in before he's able to release those things to you. So definitely communicating with God, building a relationship and maintaining a relationship with him so that you're sensitive to know when he is speaking to you, how he is speaking to you and what he's telling you in order to be able to get to a space where you can accept it. As I was writing down the different stages of um, grief, I realized that in some of the areas where I've went through a lot of the other stages, but I hadn't quite gotten to the acceptance part. Mm -hmm. And so don't get stuck in the stages. Don't just stay in the anger. Don't just stay in the denial. Right. Don't just stay in the bargaining. Follow it through so that you can get to the acceptance part. And that is in any type of grief that you have. Identify the fact that you're grieving. If a person, if a relationship that you had, whether it's a friend, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, if they're no longer there and you're still feeling away, then that's probably grief. Mm -hmm. You may need to work through that. And the best way to work through that is not going to get somebody else. Because guess what? You're going to tear them up too. <laughs> Or they're going to tear you up because you are going to accept things that you probably shouldn't accept just for the sake of being in a relationship. So please, please, please make sure that you go through the stages of grief as well. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Oh, I am pretty sure that you all can get a lot of information out of this. So Sandra, you mentioned earlier about a book. Yes. So can you tell them about that and as well as how they can find that book whenever mm -hmm. it's all done? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I have um, I written a, I wrote a book. Um, it's called Silent Conversations, um, subtitled In the Eyes of My Father. And it is um, a journey uh, between my son, uh, is descriptive of my son and our relationship. 
and the lessons that I've learned from being a father, not only being a father, but being a father of a child with special needs mm -hmm. and some of the unique things that we can learn from the most unlikely places. Um, and so it's a journey of faith. It's a journey of love. It's a journey of um, acceptance. Uh, pain is so many things to get from it. I mean, I encourage everybody um, when it's available to uh, make sure that, you know, you pick up a copy. Um, we'll have some information about the, the book launch. So um, I'll definitely be sharing with you so you can share okay. with your um, listeners. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully it'll be ready within a couple months. Um, so I, I want to try to do something about the end of uh, April, beginning of May. Um, we'll try to do some tours uh, so we can get it out there to people. But it's okay. definitely a great project um, that I'm, I'm so excited for. And um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's been a long time coming, so I'm, I'm excited for it. Good, well. good. And I'm sure that it's going to be... Um a great release for you as well as for the people who have an opportunity to read it. So yeah. I'm excited about that and I will definitely keep everyone posted Absolutely. when that does come out. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so we thank you. Too. It's a workbook. Oh, listen. It's a workbook that comes with it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, for self-talk. Okay. And it's just some exercises and some things to kind of go through um, that we kind of take the readers through to, to do a workbook to kind of have those internal conversations because uh you know it's not the noise outside that affects us a lot of time it's the noise inside so we want to be able to um help people with uh the, the internal conversation and the self-talk that is good stuff that is good stuff. So I hope that you all enjoyed it. Thank you so much again for being a part of this yes, um, very sensitive topic, um, but very needed, very necessary because you guys, grief is not just the loss of a person physically. Um, so identify those things and let's all get to a space where we can heal. Right. And we can put a language to what we're feeling so that we can come out of it and overcome. So I pray that you all enjoyed it. I pray that you have a wonderful month. And I will be back next month with someone else that's going to be wonderful and amazing to help us all in our healing and growing process. Bye. <laughs>